the next best, best thing is 3D because 3D gives you an ability, even in real life, to actually understand the mechanics of a particular movement, uh, understand how it's uh, sort of done in a spatial sense, um, and look at it from every angle. You're listening to the ramblings of the Freewe, and that stands for French and Kiwi, and that's me. I'm your host, Jean-Philippe Giel. In this podcast, I document my entrepreneurship journey building Symbionic Labs. I talk about the latest tech trends, AI, blockchain, Web3, the metaverse, AR, and VR. Most importantly, I talk about data ownership and privacy. I share my opinions, the good, the bad, sometimes ugly, but I always try to remain practical. If you're ready, let's dive in. Welcome to the ramblings of the Freewish. And here we go again for another episode. And to be honest, it's been really hard to follow up and do more of those. I haven't been as regular as I would have hoped to be. And that's the reality of being forefront a startup company. You, you can either be doing one thing or another thing or product design or managing the team or thinking about the strategy or your go-to-market plans or and content creation. And that's a full-time job. I could just be doing this and maybe in the future this is exactly what I'll be doing just talking and thinking about things and feeding ideas into the machine but that's what I enjoy doing but to be honest it's been a rock and roll year I think I'm going to start saying that what a year we're, we're getting to the closing of a year together doing this I think it's actually more if I look at the, when I incorporated Symbiotic Labs somewhere in June 2022 all the way to now I won't date this post because I've been so bad at publishing it on time. And so it's probably better that it just leaves us a standalone. It's just one step on the journey. So I'll give you an update what's have been happening. I spent most of this year building our MVP. And now I can say uh, with confidence that we've nearly finished. We're just touching up some UI things. So now what this does is it basically demonstrates that you can report, replay a movement, train, transfer it from one avatar to another, which is basically one body to another and learn from the ability to visualize a movement in 3D. That's really the core, that's the crux of that first tool that we've built. It's, we believe that if you want to learn a particular physical activity, the right way to do this is not a video. It's actually a mix of, if you have the pleasure or the ability to have a coach standing next to you, that's great. And it's great because it's the human engagement side of things. And we want to preserve that. But if you can't, have a human standing next to you telling you how things need to be done then the next best thing is 3d and it's not so it's not a video doesn't cut it the next best thing is 3d because 3d gives you an ability even in real life to actually understand the mechanics of a particular movement understand how it's done in a spatial sense and look at it from every angle newer science tells us that when you look at a movement from every angle you're actually projecting yourself in your brain sort of make this movement hello helicopter you try to make this move and so your your motor neurons are breaking this down in the best which was very interesting one of our advisor bit in a blazing is doing neurocognition of movement and she's shown very clearly that someone who's a dancer for example, looking at a dance move, will have a better toolbox to break this down into what they know already or what they've already done. So they have a better way to estimate that someone who has never done this would have a very rough sort of because you use what you know and then the, the move, the modern neuron toolbox of which I probably don't have the right words for this, but yeah, I, I think you understand what I'm trying to say is you use what you already know to build on. 
And so you can project yourself making that movement with your skill set. Now, that's interesting to me because it means you can also improve your toolbox. And so to build on that toolbox that helps you project yourself into more complex movements, it's a step-by-step -step process. You need to learn the, the language of that movement, the different building blocks. Yeah, 3D, in our opinion, is the next best thing to a, a particular human. And to be honest, it's also something that can be used with a coach right next to you because you, even when someone is next to you or someone is showing you a movement, you're still not seeing it in 3D. You're still not able to rotate around it, look at it from the ceiling view, understand the movement displacements. I remember when I was trying to learn pomces, that's the in a taekwondo, the uh, sort of figures you need to do to get different belt levels. It's a routine, the movement routine that you need to learn in a 3D space. And movement, turn left, kick high, turn right, punch, etc. There's all sorts of displacement, movement placement that you need to learn. And even when you look at someone doing it, it still is very hard because you need to put yourself in their shoes to understand that. And, and that brain sort of rotation, like the mirroring effect, if someone's facing you, you need to swap that in your head to imagine yourself in their shoes, orientation, that's all very difficult to do and it interferes with your learning. So if you're able to visualize it in 3D, you're actually able to have the time to, to do this splitting in the brain and rotations and thinking about what, what it's like if you were in their shoes. Because you can rotate the view any convenient way. So that's where we're at. We've got that UI, this demo working. You can put the sensors on, you can record a movement. You can get the sensors onto someone else and you can transfer that movement onto their body. So we not just rescale the movement, we actually look at the anatomy of the different people. And we break this down in some clever ways biomechanically to adjust to a different avatar and it's true to self avatar. So. There's no biases. You're not looking at someone with a better body than yourself doing the movement you're trying to learn and going, I'm never going to get there because look at their body. They're much so much better than me. And all these biases are removed. You can look at yourself making this move. Now, in the future, when we test this in a wider scale in our pilot schemes, we are going to look at what people's perception are around seeing themselves. I have a few tracks in my head of how this could go. I imagine that some people would not like to see themselves, I, I know that. So we will experiment with different ways to get this to work from a behavioral psychology perspective. But yeah, this is for now, this is track that we're pursuing for now, is letting you see yourself with your own body. Because I think that's what the mainstream people will want. And then we'll test it. We have the ability to put the movement onto anybody. It could be an avatar, it could be a completely gamified avatar. It could be your own body, it could be the trainer's body. My, my thinking at the moment is on, on your own body is what's more interesting. Maybe we give the users the ability to choose later on when we, when we test it, we will have that sort of possibility. It's as easy as click of a button, really. That's where we're at. And that means we've basically completed phase one of this build, which is we need to get to a level where we can go out there and work with 10 sort of test clients, 10, 10, 10 pilot clients, which are going to record some content on our platform, yoga moves, Pilates, fitness, dance, martial arts, 
etc. Some examples of what that could look like. So we can test with those and take those examples to other people and show, and also to our to our investors to show and say this is what we built, where we see the this is the way the vision is. Now we need to raise money to go to the next level, and then we are very much we're very much going to need to raise money now or yesterday, as it is the case that we've run out of money many times over already. So I, I remember saying back then, I think to you in one of those episodes that it feels like the wall is coming, and then you're accelerating. I've accelerated did pass the wall many times already to the point that we finished our runway and we are injecting some of our own money every month to keep going and we could probably do this a few more months i i, I don't want to say but probably something like six months that we do i'm lucky enough to have reserves there's a bottom line fact in all of this is that we need to raise to go to the next level anyways at which point in time do you decide that this is it that you've showed enough and that someone else needs to come on board i, I think that point has come now i think that point has very much come now and that uh, it's important to get someone else's money as a validation as well so if someone injects money into this business it means they believe in it as well the same way we believe in it and i need that validation i need that that I need to get to that next level where we're going to start getting someone else involved in it. Someone who can help us get to the client commercial launch level. We still need to develop our hardware. We've got designs already for it. I am, I've got a short list of companies, contractors who can do the hardware side, who can do the firmware side. I've, I'm going to spend time over Christmas, end of the year, actually checking out some of those outfits. Some people have, are equipped to do, I expect to be in Vietnam at that time. I'm planning a, a couple of trips there. Some people have the prototyping ability to do this. I am hesitating about separating firmware and hardware. I do want to do that. I want firmware to be in the house, to be honest, but resources are such that our first firmware might not be out in the house but if i separate them i cover the risk of someone stealing our designs or having said again and i'm thinking loud here there isn't that much to steal you've got to be realistic motion capture sensors are pretty much run of the mill now so even though there are a few things that we want to do differently in the designs particularly around ultra wideband if we implement that technology it's not really rocket science yeah we're not talking about really advanced we're more talking about a clever way to do a cheaper design that's gonna help us get our mass market price point of 500 usd that's what we're aiming for that is the important part of what we want to do achieve the price point so that we can scale so that's where the cleverness is going to be. It's more about clever industrial design and clever firmware to minimize battery life, to do all these things. That's my next sort of task. I can probably finance a little bit of that in there, but the bottom line is I can't go to a commercial design without external funding. And also then we want to raise to consolidate the team and do some new hires. We probably need to grow another five hires. We are, we're currently hovering at five people and I've had up to nine, 10 on different tasks. At the moment, we've got three hard at work and we've got five on sort of books that, that are on and off. So that's our team size, ideally. And that's what I've got on my pitch deck today, me included, co-founders included, we're at five people. And so I want to consolidate those. 
I want to make sure everyone's able to see some, what is it, longevity in the job so that they very much are rewarded for the efforts they've made so far, the sweats that they've put into it, the long hours. So that's what I need to convert. So that's my reason for moving to the next level. And then also because we need to start working on product market fit, product channel fit, product business model fit, all those four fits that I've learned about. So I'm taking this really cool founders workshop course with Linda Jenkinson called Level Up. So that's also been really eye-opening for me. I don't think you never stop learning. It's not because I'm 50 and I have a corporate career behind and I've already been an entrepreneur for the best of the last 13 years that I know exactly what it is to be a tech startup founder. It's a different sort of path altogether. So I'm very much enjoying learning that and Level Up is great for this. So Level Up is made up of a bunch of startup founders like me in different industries who are going through the same growing pain. Some are pre-seed, some are seed stage, some are series A already. So they've gone through the different exercises of raising money or preparing pitch decks or preparing their data room or having co-founder pains, doing all the paperwork stuff, building the culture. So we're discussing all of this and Linda is a seasoned business angel investor herself has gone through multiple sort of growth companies as they as she calls that and i like the lens on this to be a growth company what does it take if you want to be a billion dollar company in 10 years what does it take how do you get to 100 million how do you get to a million what are the different phases yeah she takes you through all of these and it's quite helpful to uh, to do this with her sorry i just to avoid this massive truck yeah it's really helpful to do this with her she's got a very good lens on things a very practical one not telling you everything sometimes I feel I'm, I want to ask some stuff and just get a straight answer. Maybe the purpose here is more about finding from yourself, finding from within and then doing the journey, but accelerating that journey. And so having the support of a group of peers is very helpful because they, you can get experience from a bunch of people who've done the same thing are going through the same thing at the same time as you and or you know when you're too much in the dark then she picks you up and sheds some lights on how you must look at this and so you can figure it out for yourself so very helpful in, in many respects so that's level up so I'm, I'm i think down to four lessons now with her and we're catching up in princeton end of the year for a re- what she calls a retreat which um, brings all the level up um, and founders and mentors together so i i am i got high expectations for that yeah this year's been rock and roll all these events i'm you know, reflecting back and going i keep asking myself did i make a mistake did i spend too much money did i travel too much and get my eyes off the other should i been building in isolation i don't know what the recipe is because in in all due respect it's a journey and it has helped me immensely amongst that journey these trips have been really good for me getting away from home sometimes with the kids the wife all the things sometimes you can't focus you can't think about what you need to do being on these trips and being focused 100 percent, having to pitch yourself every day 50 times a day. Sorry, I have run out of space on my SD card on the previous day. So I was hanging, talking, and suddenly the GoPro said, sorry, space full. So here we are back. I think last where we were talking, I, I was reflecting on the value of all these trips that I did this year, going to East Denver, consensus, South by Southwest, that I took a trip to Chicago to meet a potential customer. Then I did the European tour where I went to Viva Tech in Paris. I 
Gut Health Conference in Germany, in Munich. And then I did the Fit Summit, which I'm a member of FitTech Club, a fantastic organization that's connecting this industry and technology startups and founders in that same space. So I did that. Then I did a stopover in Dubai to meet uh, a potential investor. That ended up being, uh, at least for now, a dead end. I don't there's never, I cannot believe everything's just got a type of place. So it doesn't work now. It might work later. So I don't want to dismiss it, but it hasn't converted yet. It was good to see the Dubai seed and the uh, investors there understand a little bit more about it and then that was back for a while then I went back out with my wife and it's a personal trip and I took opportunities to meet and catch up with digital partners there to build our platform and then that I did Singapore the Ethereum Singapore and then oh I forgot there was there was Ethereum Prague in Europe as well that I did and then the Ethereum Singapore and Token 2049 is the last event that I did and then I thought yeah I'm rich I've done the West scene, I've done the European, I've done the Asian scene, or at least most important part of the agency. And so I've reached my quota then. But if I have to say, what did it bring me? Did I, did I close an investor? No, I didn't. Did I get to meet quite a few? Yeah, yeah, I did. That was good. I got some feedback. So I was able to readjust by Peach. But that's probably what, because I consider it as a journey. And then the most important value I got out of all these events was the sort of we're all dating, pivoting the, not what we're actually doing, but the way I present it and introduce it and talk about it. For example, we there are many aspects to what we do. There's the product side of things. There's the backend platform and what kind of shape that needs to take. That kind of all kind of evolved in my head as I went to this conference, talked to the tech side of the protocols, the architecture, the cloud storage, things around data anonymization, dataization, the different technologies around CK proof, your privacy preserving tools, mm -hmm. encryption and mobile fake encryption, all these things. Understanding what is hype and what is actually possible so you can make the right choices in your protocols, your architecture, what you want to build. Even though we haven't fully built it yet, I now have a higher degree of confidence that what I'm saying we can do is that promises on the, it's not a moonshot promise, it's actually feasible. And of course we'll need resources and time and, and the right people on board, but at least I know that I'm not overshooting myself just sort of saying that we can do this and it's not a, something. We're... So I had, had to get that degree of confidence inside myself first before I could promise it out. And so the trip was good for that for meeting the people who are doing the architecture infrastructure stuff. So I understand of it and it in, inherently I met one of potential co-founder at Ethereum Denver. So there were, there was a lot of a lot there. People that I met that are networking that could be partners, that could be founders, that are, could be just around the ecosystem. And then uh, having to pitch yourself uh, 50 times a day, 100 times a day, the old elevator pitch. How do I explain it? What do I tell people? What do they understand? Looking at their faces, trying to make, trying to see their body language. Am I sounding cryptic or am I making sense? Do they get it? Do they understand what we're trying to do? That was really useful for that. I believe that I've pivoted and turned it around in the right way. Now, um, 
because there's product, there's platform, there's everything, the ambition, sort of blue ocean strategy, that's what we do now and how we get to it. All of that is, is super relevant. For example, the fact that we are now really pitching this as a answer to the global health crisis has been, has been an evolution. Of course, the core of the engagement tool, the, the, the hardware, the, the motion capture app and all that is about building lessons and the learning management system for health and fitness. It's a tool for creators to build their lessons online, all of that jazz. But what it really is, is a way to connect and federate and organize all the personal trainers, all the yoga teachers, all the content creators in that digital fitness space and give them the tools to then in turn engage their audience. So if you empower them and you coordinate and organize, give them the right tools, you then have no longer little isolated soldiers fighting in their corner of the global obesity pandemic, but you have an organized army. And, and, and somewhere I think that's the difference we can make. If we manage to give those guys the right tools and empower them with the right solutions, technology solutions that they're not, our audience is not necessarily, I, I keep saying this to my team, is not necessarily tech savvy. I know that for a fact. And there are some that are tech savvy. There's some crypto. They understand Web3. They, they have a crypto wallet. All that. Great. But most of them, the average fitness trainer doesn't understand that technology. They doesn't need to understand that technology. What they need to understand is what they can do with it. So this pushes us to be super practical, super pragmatic as to a UI design and the way we are going to build and iterate with them those solutions. So that's why we need to go to, in terms of go to market, we will go to pilot phase, we'll engage with them and uh, test clients to actually get the UI, get the, the language right, get the toolbox right to really empower them. We've built this core functionality already it's there but packaging it wrapping it into the right ui being intuitive enough for them to just oh yeah i know how to use it i just plug it in and i put uh, the hardware sensors on i calibrate i do my dance or my fitness move or whatever it is i trim it like i would trim a video and then upload it into a lesson and that's it done it's really easy that's the result we need to reach that's not done yet i have to be honest that's going to be really interesting next step now we are in that position now we are we've got the tool built i am waiting for it to be on my phone probably the next week or so i'll have the demo app on my phone with a bunch of avatars loaded up with a bunch of demo moves loaded up and i can go to a fitness trainer i can go to yoga teacher i can go to a martial art trainer golf coach and i can show them this is what we do this is how we do it this is the experience of a trainer recording a movement. This is the experience of a student downloading a particular movement, visualizing it, looking at it from every angle, trying to understand, making sense of it, building the mechanic in his head or her head, and then putting the sensors on it, practicing. And this is how they, they compare what they should have done, what they've done, and this is how they rinse, repeat sort of thing without injuring themselves. So that 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 is the critical piece. But yes, that's just an engagement tool. Symbiotic Lab, the big vision is Symbiotic Lab's just producing new apps, new hardware, new accessories. That's the business Symbiotic Labs is in. The backend of this, what empowers the storage of data, what empowers those lessons, what empowers those personalized insights that says, hey, 
you don't have the flexibility to do the split, here are a bunch of lessons that can teach you how to build that flexibility. That that means we're able to isolate in a particular movement which muscles are getting activated and we're able to actually recommend other lessons because they'll be indexed correctly around that and we can recommend people other lessons that they are able to take that will help them achieve the levels. So. It sounds easy to say, but there's quite a bit of smarts behind it. So that, that is the platform at the back end. That is the same platform that also will allow you to integrate all your wearable data. If I want to sync in my Apple Watch or my Garmin watch or my Aura Ring or my Whoop bracelet or all the trackers that I use, my continuous glucose monitor, all this data, how do I bring that in? How do I, with my, I will have physical activity of training with this particular lessons and these trainers, maybe more than one. I have all this social media layer. I can connect my friends, I can comment, I can like. I This is the cool yoga class that I'm taking. I really love it. This instructor is great. You should check him out. All this extra stuff, that is all in the backend platform. That backend platform is not built today. It's in my head. It's architected. I've discussed it. I've got diagrams. I've got briefs. I've got structures for it. I've got a plan to build it. I got the people to build it. I need to raise money to make that happen. But that backend platform, the choice I've made, I've made through all these different conferences and things that I've gone through and discussing with um, people who are running DAOs, people who are running some decentralized infrastructure, the open source movement sort of things. I've built it thinking about the Linux open source model. Linux is a very successful cloud server software and it's successful because it's open source. It's actually been audited a million times. Its code is watched by hundreds of thousands of people and it's super reliable, it's bulletproof. And to be honest, with health data and all the infrastructure that's required around, we can't take chances. I'm a big believer in data privacy and ownership of the data. And that's why we're recommending this blockchain infrastructure. And that's why we want to use these tools like CK Proof, Polygon ID, or we were talking to a gatekeeper with gatekeeper people or the layer 3 software company who are actually an advisor on our board now they wanted to join in and Nicholas is, is amazing he's based in New Zealand but the rest of the team's overseas they are doing this every day now they launched their product they're doing verifiable credentials digital ID uh, potential partnership with people like Disco who are also big on the digital ID side of things all these things would never have happened if I hadn't gone out to all these conferences and talked to all these people so I am hugely grateful for that I know sometimes in the first instance some people pragmatic ones would say hey I don't know why you're spending money on, on doing this and there's always a little voice because we're bootstrapped and because I'm very conscious of these things a little voice in my ear that also says now, was I making the right choices? Did I do this right? Or did I just burn money and make myself feel good and, and, <laughs> and achieve? Well, uh, the future will tell. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was a journey. It is a journey. I've made significant progress in my head on many subjects. I've met a lot of people. I have a board of advisor today that looks like what it looks like that's very much global because of that, because I was able to network and beat the right people. And uh, I've evolved the idea in such a way that now I think we have a bulletproof case for really the next infrastructure layer on, on uh, operating system of digital healthcare. And I'm saying healthcare 
it's probably borderline here because we're really fitness or wellness, but the, the, the two topics are so close to each other. Yes, we're not medical device. Uh, we probably will not want to be that at the beginning, or at least at the beginning, yeah, because the restrictions and regulations are very tough on that, and then you've much to learn and build and understand around data storage, data privacy, for example, we do still have to comply to this. I was talking to, uh, I had a, a, a German VC, they've decided to wait and see on us but they, we had good conversations around data privacy and they said you realize in Germany your UI in a fitness app like this if you choose to color code it that you'll have to get a particular license for it because you are giving advice you're saying this is orange this is red and this is green so that is interpreted as advice by the user and so if they injure themselves or if it's something wrong then it's your responsibility basically because they followed your so that's massive coincides of what we have in front of us as challenges and of course you could say we're not going to launch in Germany first but actually it's not how it works I think it's wise to look at all of this and, and make the right choices right from the descent right from the onset and even if you can't build the 100% exactly what you want, at least when you've got your eyes on this and you could have you have steps in it that you could take to actually achieve this going forward. I think it's I think it's great learning for sure. Another example was some countries require you from a jurisdiction perspective, if users decide to leave you, then you need to be able to delete all the data that, that pertains to them. So you need to provide what's called a proof of deletion. Now in the Web3 world, data storage is still a bit of a, in the infancy and good solutions are few and far between. The Filecoin solution, which is great for certain applications, for example, doesn't cover that particular use case because Filecoin doesn't offer you deletion. Filecoin basically says you keep updating the file with a new file, with a new file. So there are, yes, ways that you could say, hey, I'll take that file and I'll fill them with zeros or something like that. But there are still versions out there. So it does satisfy the regulatory requirement. So that's really important. You can't deliver a solution that claims to be private where someone could potentially go and crack an older version of the file and find out stuff about your user. That is you know, also very useful. I'm, uh, there's one thing I know is what I don't know. I know where my strengths, my skill set is, and I know that I need to surround myself with the right people for the other stuff. And some of that tech stuff, although I understand technology quite far in, I still need the right people to crack this and give me the, the level of certainty that I need to have that we are solving these technical challenges. So now we have solutions. We've been talking to a few other I met someone in Singapore, cloud storage space, that says we can do that. We can do a proof of deletion, but we've got to do it in a different way. And I have a, a crypto sort of architecture advisor in Oakland here, who's, who's very senior, who's looking at it, he does a lot of work for banks and things, he's helping us validate these solutions. So without revealing all the details of everything we're doing, the point I'm making about the backend platform is that there's quite a lot of work and that the choices that we've made through all these meetings and these conferences is probably to go completely open source so that that can be audited, that can be pulled. People know that we're not taking them for a ride. There's no secret agenda. We're not mining the data in the backend. And that's why we're looking at all these different models of governance and community-driven things and the open source. And that still has us as a way to federate and align all the stakeholders in the ecosystem. I'm super excited about that. I think it's the right approach to it. Nobody else is doing that. Everybody, they're the sirens of building something and 
taking insurance money or taking somebody about big data mining is very strong. Actually, there's a lot of people saying, well, you're going to do that. Yeah, we can finance you, but we need access to all the data. I'm like, oh no, sorry. That's what we're trying to do. And that's, of course, I haven't had anyone throwing money at me yet. And I know it'll be hard to resist, but my gut says no, because you would lose the one key argument, and that argument is the trust of the user. If you get the trust of the user, yeah, we maybe will be a slower start to compare to everyone else, but it's all worth it in terms of um, achieving our targets. And I think that's what makes the massive difference is to be able to do that. Yeah, Linux maybe didn't conquer the world right away. Windows Server is out there and has also got its market share because of its business model. And so I think the right business model fit for that industry, the digital health industry, something that would actually be a valid alternative to all these other agenda-driven models, which are super strong out there because they got loads of money backing them. The real way to build a moat is to offer that different type of trust. So that's, anyway, all this thinking came out of those trips these ideas evolved in my head with all these conversations that I had. So yeah, but the bottom line is uh, that's the credit I give the this journey that I've gone through this year. So anyway, that's where we are today. We are ready to move on to test client, showcase our, our software out there. And I'm looking forward to the next month. But the reality is that uh, I think I said this in the assumption of this episode, we've run out of money many times over. So we're still looking at the wall and we're still accelerating, but uh, we're going to go a little bit slow. I'm now really going to focus my efforts on putting the case together to go fundraise. And of course, that is either a, a pre-seed, a seed, or if we really can't raise, because the market's really tough out there. If we can't raise the conditions that we'd like to raise it, then the route will be to look at an integrated accelerator. There are some really interesting accelerators out that are doing stuff in Web3, that are doing stuff in the healthcare, that the most popular waiters type things. But I'm looking at Break as well, a very good healthcare accelerator there, and a few others. Yeah, watch this space. We're, the, we're, we're at the stage where we now have, I think, enough to show at 2015-2016 where we did, where we had a go at this. We really didn't have enough to show. Well, now I really think I have a completely mature ID, a completely mature POC or EFR app where I can really show how it will work and uh, demonstrate the user experience, which should allow me, ideally, if we can move those 10 test clients into use cases that we can show and get people excited and maybe signing up for something, even if it's for a dollar. I know it's very little, but at the same time, to put the head in the bucket to sign up for something would demonstrate to potential investors that we have something that people care about. I don't know if we'll make that happen, but that's what I have in my head as the next steps. Yeah, we will move on to that uh, next month. And then Christmas, New Year, I'm also progressing on the hardware side of things. I think I mentioned before teams in Vietnam and me wanting to go audit things out to see if they are the right potential partners to, uh, to prototype our hardware solution. Very excited about that. And then, yeah, I've got people lined up for the side of things to build that. Just hovering my finger, hovering over the button thinking when is the right woman to actually press the button on that. Don't want to spend the money too soon. Conscious bad resources. Yeah, we'll see. 
how that pans out. But yeah, I will working on that. And and yeah, I'm glad uh, you guys are still watching us. I'm I realize that sometimes there could be a bit more structure in what I'm doing. I realize that the sound is not always. 100%. I've had feedback on that. I know I did buy a few microphones, but with the top open on the car, the wind in the, it's not exactly giving me the best sound. So I understand there's some sort of buzz and the, our video editor is doing its, his best to get this, get this sound as, as good as we can get it. So please bear with me. We'll experiment with different formats and different ways to actually try to get this right. And hopefully you can have the next episodes and it all gets better and better and better and we get more regular and more regular. The less I'm involved in all the deeper stuff, the more I have time for content creation and advocacy out there and then building community and all these things that I need to get onto as well. I, I know that uh, some of our spaces aren't uh, populated as they should be populated, but that's because I've just basically opened the door and let it be. So there hasn't been any particular marketing effort around things which is some of the next stuff that we need to get onto as well so watch this space it's all kind of coming together i'd like to say organically more than artificially generated but hopefully whoever watches this and follows our project is genuinely interested and seeing what we're what we're up to as these are not fake fake followers so thank you very much and yeah i'll see you in the next episode bye if you want to find out more, just go to symbionic.com. That's symbionic with an I and a Q at the end. There you'll find all the socials and the different ways you can follow us. In the meanwhile, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. If you find this interesting, don't hesitate to share it with a colleague or a friend. That always helps spread the word. And that's all for me today. So I'll see you in the next episode.